bros and welcome to the all bros podcast i'm jonathan and i'm caleb and we are a couple of aspiring filmmakers that love to watch and critique movies but also enjoy a lot of bit of the nerd life uh this week on the podcast we are actually joined by a special guest uh from uh film on the rocks would you like to introduce yourself yeah thanks guys for having me i'm brucker i'm from film on the rocks we are a another movie podcast with a very different kind of format from you guys but uh i'm really excited to be here we like to have fun with movies come up with drinking rules break down the scenes debate whether or not they deserve sequels are there any deeper messages so uh yeah that's kind of like what we do on our podcast but really excited for uh to come here and talk about once upon a time in hollywood so thanks for having me guys yeah, of course thank you for joining us uh, so this week on the podcast, we'll be skipping over uh, Adventures in Hunting. Don't really have anything to talk about with Pops or Blu-rays. Uh, with Sneak Peeks, this week's Sneak Peeks, we do have one trailer to talk about. Uh, still nothing with one, what's in the box or anything like that. Will that well, AMC's trying. That's true, they're trying. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> but you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyway, after uh, we uh, talk about that one trailer, we will get into our breakdown of the evening, which will be our All Bros and Film on the Rocks breakdown of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Whoa! So, yeah! Let me see. <laughs> what do you guys say we get started? Let's do it. All right. Hey guys, what's up? This is Donnie, and I host the Adulting with Donnie podcast. And this is not the show to listen to if you're trying to be a better adult. I started this podcast as a way to offload some thoughts uh, that I have throughout the week. My topics vary widely every week. Movies I've seen, guns and gun control, sex, people that are stupid, why I don't care about celebrity opinions, TV shows, snowmobiling. The list goes on and on. I'm always taking topic suggestions from fans of the show, too. So join me each week on Adulting with Donnie as I pour some bourbon and allow you to see the inner workings of the mind of a madman. Live free and rant hard. All right, so skipping over uh, Adventures in Hunting, moving on to this week's Sneak Peeks. we got our first trailer uh, for, um, shit, what is the director's name? He plays the, <laughs> he plays the main guy. Dude, his name's super weird. <laughs> yeah, it's it was the same guy that did Murder on the Orient Express. Um, yes. Um, uh, I Kenneth his... Brangan? Kenneth Brangan? Oh, is it, is it Kenneth Branna? Is that how you pronounce it? Branna. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I'm illiterate. I, I, sure. yeah, no, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I forget about those silent Gs and how... Hs and words. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so uh, this is the uh, second film in his, I don't know if he's doing like a trilogy of these Agatha Christie novels, but I guess we'll find out how this one does at the box office. Um, yeah, because when does this come out? It comes out in November? No, October, actually. October? Yeah. October oh, 23rd. Shit. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> so we'll see how it does. I mean, the new Mutants opens next week, so let's see how that does. Ooh, shit. And then I think the week after is Bill and Ted three, Bloody but that hell, one's dude. also being released on demand. So yeah, I feel like Bill and Ted's going to be the focal point that everyone's going to look to to see how movies do being <laughs> released in theaters versus on demand. That's true. Yeah, I agree. Um. All right. What did you guys think of this trailer? 
I think it, it piques my interest heavily. I mean, I love the genre of, you know, whodunits and, you know, Agatha Christie adaptations are, you know, always, you know, fun to kind of dive into, even though I didn't see Murder on the Orient Express, but I see it's, it's the same director. Um, so I would would imagine that I heard you guys talk about how you liked it. So I would imagine that it, it's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and his cast looks crazy, like crazy good. It oh my does. god! Yeah the the murder or the murder on the Orient Express that cast was insane too. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad because I I knew a lot more people in that movie than this one. <laughs> I mean, there's a decent amount. I mean, the biggest one that I saw was Gal Gadot. Her and Army Hammer are the biggest two for me. Yeah, Army Hammer is a big one too. Yeah. Yeah, um, and um, I'm trying to remember. Is it? Uh, I'm I'm like blanking on his name. Branson? Is it Charles Branson or the 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 guy from from Get Him to the Greek? I'm forgetting his name right now. I've never seen that movie, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. You're fine. Now, now I'm the asshole. Um, so. <laughs> Man, he must not be in this movie because he must be really down on the list. Russell Brand, that's it. My bad. So yeah, Russell <laughs> Brand's in it. I'm an idiot. Yes. <laughs> he, oh. Oh shit. Russell Brand's in it. You don't recognize him because he has a haircut and a beard, but yeah, yeah, he's a he's in that movie. Oh shit. That's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was I like I know the I like now that you've said that I know the cast that you're talking about from that movie. Yeah. I haven't seen the movie, but I know the cast, and I was just like, I didn't recognize anyone from that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what's the movie I like? Know Russell Brand? Oh, I know him from Bedtime Stories. Oh yeah, yeah, and like Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I yeah I know him from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I don't think I've ever seen Bedtime Stories. He's funny. It's an Adam Sandler movie. It's it's. It's Disney. <laughs> okay. I mean, I that gives think, you all that you need to know. I didn't think Adam Sandler would ever be in a Disney movie, but okay. He definitely plays Adam Sandler in it. <laughs> I mean, is that... I don't know. I feel sometimes Adam Sandler gets way too much hate. And I grew up with the guy's movies, so I have a soft spot for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, everybody loves 90s you know Sandman, so that, that's, that's what I like. Just, it was yeah. pretty much, I think, like kind of like post-click. <laughs> but then uh, Wait, you know, I... Un- uncut gems was great so still have not watched that unfortunately it's on netflix it's oh, intense it yeah. oh shit it's really intense be... like if you have a heart condition like <laughs> <laughs> shit uh-oh will i have an asthma attack during it will that <laughs> i mean you might i don't know <laughs> But anyway, getting back to Death on the Nile. <laughs> um, did Gal Gadot like totally get rid of her accent in this? Because I didn't hear her accent at all. I don't know if I heard anyone really besides the the detective that's narrating the trailer. That's um, fair. His voice is very powering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he was also kind of like more like narration of the trailer. But she had like this short little bit, but it was like long enough, and I feel like I should have heard a lot more accent than I'm, I did. I'm pretty. You think sure they would have let her keep it? Yeah, but it seems like she is hiding her accent for this movie. 
which hmm. is really weird considering she didn't hide it for Wonder Woman. Have, have it, it worked for Wonder Woman though? Oh, it, oh, it absolutely does. I mean, and I think it would work saying. for for this. Have either? I haven't read the book Death on the Nile. Have either of you read it? Nope. No, we're uncultured. Yeah, gotcha. Same. <laughs> I still so I. <laughs> so yeah, I wonder if because you know I would assume just kind of like being like region specific, like maybe it would make sense to have like an Israeli person in this movie, but like maybe in the book none of the characters like maybe it's it's like all people on uh, you know on a trip abroad or something like that so like they so she has to fit into that sort of character but i don't yeah, know probably i haven't read the book so people write into the all bros uh, if you actually know <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you're cultured <laughs> know what the hell you're talking about <laughs> What's funny is after we saw Murder on the Orient Express, I told myself, I'm totally going to read this. Yeah, that never happened. <laughs> Maybe someday. Right yeah. into the All Bros if you're cultured. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right into the All Bros if you're cultured. <laughs> I would be surprised if anyone that listens to our show broke. <laughs> <laughs> Man, what make it depressing? No, like I'm, I'm sure I there's like care. one or two people, but yeah, I think they have better things to do. <laughs> <laughs> like unless they don't, I mean, everyone's trying to quarantine themselves. They could just be like, "All right, let me educate these fools." <laughs> right. I will say I do love the poster for it as well because there's a lot of parallels between the poster for death on the nile and for murder on orient express and that you know it's both about traveling we're both on two different modes of transportation and the title of the movies are both in like the pillowing smoke from each like a locomotive device you know on the train and on the boat the titles over the pillow smoke which i'm like oh that's a cool parallel thing that the creatives came up with i Okay, I don't know how many he's going to make of these, but can they do like a steelbook set with all of these as the covers? Because <laughs> that would just line up so beautifully. Dude, you're such a steelbook whore. Shut up. <laughs> I was thinking, because the only other like Agatha Christie book I could think of besides like, you know, uh, and then there were none is uh, Murder on the Lynx. So I was just thinking like, then like, like, like a, the, a pillowing smoke coming from like the golf cart or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which I yes. I think it's right in the time when there were no golf carts, so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what else they could do. Maybe like a blimp? <laughs> sure, yeah, well, let's go with that. Murder on the Blimp, the shortest book ever written. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. But this looks good. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, with how much I enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express, I'm definitely going to be checking this one out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I just don't mm-hmm. know if I'll go see it in theaters. Yeah, as much as I love whodunits, definitely checking this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I really like... Like, I don't know why, but I'm always, like, hesitant about going to see, like, murder mystery movies. Like, I was super hesitant about going to see Knives Out, but I really enjoy them. At the they same are time. really fun movies. You just better yeah, yeah, they're really spoiled for you. Yeah, yeah, Sorry. exactly. Yeah, they're really fun, especially you know, like uh, what Rose was saying. As long as it's not spoiled for you, and also if it's written well, like Knives Out was written ingeniously, and but you know, sometimes like uh, 
that Netflix movie with Adam Sandler and uh, uh, that Netflix movie with Adam Sandler that came out. I think it was called like murder, just called murder mystery. Um, but it was not great. So <laughs> yeah, that one was lazy. <laughs> yeah. That's basically just Adam Sandler going, I want to go to Europe. So <laughs> I'm going to pay for Pretty it. Much. That, is. that is exactly what that was. <laughs> <clears throat> Isn't that kind of like how uh, the sub- or the story for Grown Ups came? He's just like, you know what? I want to make a, a movie with my best friends. Yeah, basically. Pretty much any movie he's done, like in the 2000s, you know, <laughs> like 50 First Dates. I want to go to Hawaii with Drew Barrymore. Yeah, that sounds fun. So <laughs> Yeah, bam. <laughs> Gosh, could you imagine having that kind of influence and money? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> no kidding. Where you're just like, bam, I want or I want an animated film about me. Bam, eight crazy nights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm still convinced that Jack and Jill was a movie that someone bet him he couldn't make. I sure hope and someone, it was. someone's just like, hey, if you made a movie like this, like I, I think he was like drinking with some buddies and was talking about this, this outrageous movie and he's like, Yeah, what if I was like my own twin sister? And then someone's like, dude, no one would go see that. And then he, like, sobered bet. up. And then he's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freaking bet, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and then he did. And it made, I don't know how much it made at the box office. Whatever it made, it was too much. <laughs> exactly. Oh, dude, I think I've watched, like, ten minutes of that movie. I've unfortunately seen the whole thing. I saw half the trailer. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say I'll never look at Al Pacino the same way again. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. (laughs) Have you you guys never seen, like, the Dunkachino thing? What? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Basically, uh, long story short, Al Pacino likes uh, Adam Sandler's twin sister, so basically, uh, Adam Sandler says, hey, I'll hook you up with her if you do this Dunkin' Donuts commercial for me, because they have a new drink called the Dunkachino. Oh my god, that's <laughs> so, amazing. So it's Al Pacino um, endorsing or promoting the Dunkachino. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, okay, they do turn it into a funny joke, though, at the end, because he's just like, how many copies of this are there? And he's just like, this, just this one? He's like, burn it. No one else can ever see this. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, that's like the only funny part of the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Dude, Adam Sandler's also the only person I feel I can get serious, good actors to do stupid shit. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> Like, I'm trying to think of, like, like maybe, like, with just go with it. Like, I'm oh not saying, God. like, she's a serious actress. Well, depending on how you look at it. But, like, Brooklyn Decker? I've never seen Just Go With It, so. Oh. Have you seen? Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah so seeing, or having uh, Nick Swartzen freaking, like, drown her. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> or like practically drown her. <laughs> yeah. And and like in uh that Netflix movie I was talking about, Jennifer Aniston, that's who I couldn't think of. Yeah, he she's in that movie with him too, so it's 
I don't know. I don't know what he just has this pull. I guess it's because he's a funny guy, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll just be laughing on the set the whole time." Sure. Mm. And they're like, "Who's going to see it?" Right? You know, they like <laughs> they tell me the concept. Oh, it's about you play yourself and your twin sister. Nobody's going to see that. Sure, I'll be in this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. I'm pretty sure that's like most of his movies. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my gosh, like. I have a love-hate relationship with Adam Sandler movies. <laughs> like, some of them are really funny, and then, like, some of them just like, gosh, this was stupid. Yeah. Like, I, lo- I actually love the first Growing Ups movie. It's one of my favorite Adam Sandler movies, but I hate the second one. I think it's awful. Yeah. There was, there. I'm yeah, there was no point for that movie to be made. I mean, you could say the same thing about the first one, but <laughs> yeah, that uh, was good. <laughs> I saw it once, and I just don't think I could get over the whole like Kevin James's kid like still breastfeeding, and he's like eight or something in that movie. And yeah, I don't know if yeah, I could get yeah, over that. Yeah, that was kind of that was yeah, that was kind of weird. Dude, have you ever met someone that did? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's not anything that it's just like oh maybe you can tell. <laughs> just like the type of person you're just like oh yeah you breastfed way too long <laughs> yeah they really make that kid dumb in the second one like shit that's the message yeah, you need to send yeah <laughs> yep. it's like just breastfeed as long as you need to and then stop yeah <laughs> just, oh my gosh <laughs> but no joke I've met like five or six people that it's it's so weird because they brag about it like they were talking there like I mean, i've never bragged about it just kidding <laughs> jeez <laughs> dude the show was just about to be over <laughs> i just wanted to see your guys's reactions <laughs> oh. gosh that silence is just like oh this guy awkward <laughs> So, Rose, how much have you been holding out on me? Got anything else? <laughs> no, nah, but it's just, like, these conversations I've gotten into with, like, it, this was before I had a kid with just some, like, random people. I'm like, oh, my my wife's expecting a, a kid, and then they start talking to uh, me about that, and then they get to, like, that point where they talk about breastfeeding, and then, like... Then they talk about how long, and I'm just like, okay. And then, like, you'll have some rando come in and be like, oh, yeah, I breastfed until I was, like, six. And I'm like, you're weird. Yeah, (laughs) that's not right. (laughs) Yeah, and I seriously had one dude come up and say he went or came or he did that until he was seven. And the guy I was talking to looked at him and said, you know what? Not even a little bit surprised. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Oh, shit. That's great. Yeah. What's terrifying is that those people are usually put in charge of shit they should not be in charge of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong. Uh, How did we get here? Adam Sandler, and then uh, I brought up Kevin James, and then and then uh, Rose told us about his past, and then uh, yeah, so that's and here we are. So okay, getting back to the trailer, do you guys have anything else to say about Death on the Nile? I don't. You it looks pretty good. 
looks really good. I'm excited to see it. It's like one of those trailers that doesn't give away too much. It definitely shows you some tension that may already be there between some characters. So, um, and I think that's kind of like all that you need, really. Um, yeah. And you also don't know who, I mean, if you haven't read the book, like me, you also, it nothing spoiled about this, like who was actually murdered. So, um, like all the characters you see are kind of up for, or up on the on the hit list. So, uh, I'm excited to see it. Will this be a, are you guys going to check this out in theaters or wait for it to come to vod dvd whatever you want to say i might be doing the vod just because i'm surrounded by a bunch of irresponsible fuckers so um (laughs) (laughs) fair enough fair enough yeah same here yeah (laughs) like it's i don't know if i i still don't know if i want to go to a movie theater yet yeah i'm not quite at that point like i miss the theater experience but i mean honestly i feel like i can make up my own little theater experience mm-hmm. and be fine oh yeah definitely i'm about to sound like the worst movie fan but i already didn't care to go to the movie theaters like before all this just because it's always a gamble of like okay what kind of assholes you're gonna have in there like who you know you're kind of like looking looking at everyone as they walk in like oh that guy's a talker you just see it on his <laughs> face and um so it just like the last movie i went to go see in theaters was knives out and two two people were like just 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 talking so loud throughout the whole movie that the manager had to come in like two or three times it was and you don't have to deal with that when you're at home i'm just saying so i just i'm so jaded about it i'm just like fuck high schoolers and like i just like i feel like you shouldn't be allowed to come into a movie theater until you're 30 so that's a (laughs) Or if you come in with, like, a big group of, like, young people, they oh, should no. have, like, old grandparents on, like, on like on call, oh and then, gosh. like, they have to separate them. No, no, like, you gotta stagger that. Like, you're going to the 2 o'clock showing, you're going to the 4 o'clock showing, you're going to the 6 o'clock showing, and that's it. <laughs> you're gonna like it. Yeah. But... What's I'm trying to think of the last oh the last movie I went to go see in theaters was Sonic the Hedgehog and the dudes that were sitting behind me were laughing excessively loud. And <laughs> it, I thought the last movie you saw was Onward because didn't you see Sonic before Onward? I actually saw Onward before Sonic. Oh, well shit. Okay, so both of our last movies was Sonic. So fuck you, yep. Rose. You're wrong. Uh, so <laughs> 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 Yeah. Seriously, thanks that's for having me, me on. By we the way, we didn't even see it together. Wait, what? I said thanks for having me on. By the way, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> no, but yeah. seriously though, f me. Considering we didn't even see Sonic together. No, that was planned out because I, because it, it was like right after that they closed the theaters, or shortly after. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Yeah, and I the I went to go see it the day before we were recording. Our yeah, but episode. I thought you saw Sonic like. Uh, like a week after it came out, and I didn't see Sonic until a couple weeks after it came out. No, it was like right before our episode huh, all right. that I went to go see it, and then I went to go see Onward the before that because we had the well, episode. We saw on Onward on your birthday. Yeah, and then I went to go see Sonic a couple days later. Oh, or a, a week later, I think. Okay, apparently I don't know time. My bad. Apparently you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
All right, so one out of ten for Death on the Nile. Uh, eight. That's about where I'm at too. Yep, I was gonna say eight as well. Nice, clean sweep. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. What do you guys say we uh, jump into our main event of the evening? Let's yep. Do it. Time for the main event. It's main event time. Let's play game. All right. So before we jump into our main event of the evening, uh, we asked a question on our social media on. Um, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, what your favorite Quentin Tarantino film is. And uh, we got a couple responses. Caleb, would you like to read those off? Yes, I would. Uh, so our first... So I'm going to start off on Twitter, since that's where we got, like, 90% of our <laughs> responses. <laughs> uh, so first up, we got Jat, or Jack Meet Singh at Michael underscore Aaron. He said, every answer should be Pulp Fiction, but I'll also accept Inglorious Bastards. Well, he's going to hate my answer, then. <laughs> <laughs> What's yours? Probably this movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, fair. Yeah, what about you? <laughs> What's yours? Um, I'm kind of stuck between this. Like, I think it. I think I agree with Rose. It's probably this, but Inglorious Bastards is really it kind of just depends what kind of mood i'm in you know am i do i want to hang out or do i want to watch people get scalped so uh but (laughs) (laughs) all right fair i mean yeah i mean the the, i mean it's it's kind of like a 1a 1b situation really in my opinion but uh that's just just because i have a hard time picking favorite movies because again it's like what mood am i in so uh (laughs) all right all right yeah i i hate commitment like i've become a (laughs) i've become a real big quentin tarantino fan because i so the first one i watched was i think it was pulp fiction oh no i saw django love that and then was just kind of putting pulp fiction on hold for ever which i don't know why now that i've seen it mm-hmm. and then i started watching that and i was just like oh i need to watch the rest of them so i watched kill bill after that, um, and Glorious Bastards after or shortly after that, then uh, Reservoir Dogs, and yeah, I just went freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah, I I still need to complete my list. I've only seen like I don't know, like four or five of his movies. I haven't seen all of them. You guys got me beat. I've only seen two. Oh well, there Jeez, you go, dude. I, I know. <laughs> Next up, we got Tony Blundetto at Will Sutton seventy eight. He said the one with feet in it. Oh well, that's clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, is the is, is the less is the least feet one Django? I think that's the least feet one possibly. It's been forever I, since I've seen that, but I feel like I feel like just based on his criteria, that might knock it down to the bottom. Yeah, I Shit. actually, I, I think I don't even remember seeing feet in Reservoir Dogs. That's a good one because, yeah, Pulp Fiction. I did. Oh yeah, definitely Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, Django. You do get some feet in Glorious Bastards. Hmm. I want to say yes. There's like there one female character, so and she is barefoot when she's running from from them in the beginning of the movie i think so 
Maybe that counts. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so all of them except yeah. Reservoir Dogs. Because <laughs> yeah, don't the uh, Mance are? Is that spoiler? I don't think so. Okay, the Mance and uh, kids aren't they, aren't most of them barefoot and most mm-hmm. of them are. And okay. then Margot Robbie's car- or Sharon Tate is barefoot. Okay, in the theater, yeah. which oh my gosh, oh yeah. Someone I've seen barefoot people in the movie theater, and I want to freaking bl- blow my top <laughs> again, man. I mean, that doesn't happen in your house. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it does, but it's like it's my your feet, feet. Or my wife's feet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's not. It's not the fucker's feet. Yeah. It's. <laughs> <laughs> I actually posted that picture on Instagram. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I remember. It's just that. like these people. <laughs> what movie did you see? I forget. It was one. With Brielle, I forget the movie though. But yeah, I like snapped a picture of this chick with her feet out and was just like, I hate these people. It's like, and this is what's wrong with America. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but dude, I was like making it blatantly obvious that I was posting about her feet because I did it right next to her. And I don't think she saw. I was going to say, you definitely seemed like you had ulterior motives there <laughs> from, from, from a from an outside third party. Yeah, that definitely looked that it would have been for uh, something else. So. <laughs> yeah. Moving on. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, next, we got the Screen Forum podcast at Screen Forum Pod. Uh, he said, in my opinion, Pulp Fiction still reigns. Django is the closest second. Fair, right. fair. I mean, I feel like there's not like a correct answer to this. I agree. I absolutely agree. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Subin Sunil at Subin KRL. Uh, he said Pulp Fiction. Uh, next, we got We Get Dubbed podcast at We Get Dubbed. Uh, said probably... An unpopular choice, but I loved the Hateful Eight. Mm. No, I haven't. I haven't seen that. But I, from what I, oh, seen that it, wasn't one of the two movies that you've shut seen. Up, of his. Smartass. <laughs> <laughs> it's only Pulp Fiction and Once Upon a Time. Okay, asshole. But from, <laughs> from the looks of it, it doesn't look like that movie gets enough love. Okay, Caleb. I hear it's very dialogue heavy. Yeah, but Samuel Jackson's in it. It's... I know, but it's still like okay. it's not that the dialogue's bad. It's just it's very dialogue heavy. Okay, like Reservoir Dogs is very dialogue heavy, mm-hmm. and that could sometimes work. Um, I've heard. I haven't seen. I personally haven't seen the Hateful Eight, but I've from the people that I know that have seen it. They, it's kind of like mixed. It's kind of like, eh. but again, I haven't seen it. In uh, the movie that we're going to be talking about today is like pretty mixed views as well. So, yeah, that's a good point. Um, next up, we got Believer slash Skeptic Podcast at BS Pod PHX. Uh, they said Kill Bill. Volume one or two? They said Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you guys should totally respond back to us because I'm actually very interested to see if it's volume one or two. Even though I haven't seen either. Yeah, I've watched both of them and they're both awesome. I wonder so if it was wanted. so. Maybe they meant both. It could have been and like maybe we it was. Well, answer. isn't there a version of Kill Bill where it's all of it at one time? I don't think so. If there is, that's Beats the first me. I've heard of it. Okay. I thought there was always just Kill Bill Volume One and Kill Bill Volume Two. 
Okay. Well, Kill Bill. <laughs> uh, next up, we got Donnie at adulting with Donnie, uh, or just at d- adulting Donnie. Uh, he says, when he only has 17 movies, it should be easy, but it's actually not. There's three or four good choices in there. For me, it's an even tie with Django Unchained, Hateful Eight, and Sin City. Probably leaning to Sin City because Jessica Alba. Okay, Donnie, we're gonna, you're going to hate us for this, but we're, we have to call you out for this. Um, so he was actually a special guest director for Sin City. It counts. Okay, no, it still counts. <laughs> but I'm just saying he didn't direct it. He was a special guest director. And he only has nine films, not 17. But we still... Well, he has writing credits. Okay, writing credits. I, th- I thought we were, like, referring to... Oh, shit. I touched the mic. Sorry. Dude, I will freaking kill you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought we were referring to just movies he's directed. Well, we just said Quentin Tarantino films. We didn't necessarily specify that it had to be the ones that he. That's true. Okay. Well, directed. I'm gonna re- I'm gonna retract everything that I just said, Donnie, because <laughs> Caleb just made me feel like an asshole. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so excellent answer. Yeah, Jessica Alba is super hot in that, though. I mean, when is Jessica Alba not hot? There's a there. movie with. Paul Walker that she was like eh in <laughs> wow <laughs> um, next up we got what were they thinking at WWTT podcast uh, they said my sentimental favorite may be Pulp Fiction but it also might be Inglorious Bastards I dislike none of them all great that you know what excellent answer it's a good take hell yeah yeah. Uh, next up, we got the hashtag no offense show at HTN Oz. Uh, they said kill Bill, and they threw in some really cool uh, things that they have, like with Kill Bill. So they met David Carradine before he died, have his autograph displayed in their studio. And got a set of Hattori Hanzo swords as a wedding gift. That's Damn. Awesome. That's legit. Yeah, that is freaking awesome. <laughs> Do you think that they were fans of Quentin Tarantino before then or after then? <laughs> it's like, oh, I guess now we gotta be fans of him. <laughs> you know what? It could go either way, but they... Just like the little chat that I had with them, they seemed like they were pretty deep, big Kill Bill fans, so I'm assuming it was before. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you don't become a fan after getting swords as a wedding gift. I feel like I that's mean, something what are you going so to do? Throw away swords? Yeah, exactly. All right, well, I, I guess it, it's it's either Last Samurai or Kill Bill, honey. Which one do you want to do? <laughs> <laughs> Just pick a theme. <laughs> Uh, next up, we got Renegade Zellweger at Earth to Adam. Uh, he said, Django Unchained, hands down. Christoph Waltz is amazing. It's two entirely different movies put together that could have been a part one and two standalone. Quentin Tarantino is a master of his craft, and Django is his take on a Western, and he hammers it home. An all-time top five favorite of mine. Also, Inglorious Bastards is tremendous. And Christoph Waltz is amazing 
in Inglorious oh Bastards as well. Oh, what was I about, going to use him in? So last week, oh, oh, with the casting, yeah. Man. So I was going to use him as Red. Oh in... my goodness, I like yeah, that. Yeah, but I, I liked it too. But I felt like James Spader's voice works better as narration because, mm. like, you, it's so hard to to find someone that matches the narration tone of Morgan Freeman. And yeah. I feel like James Spader's just like Shakespearean enough to pull that off. I I know Christoph Waltz could have done it, but it's just James Spader I le- I like a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Uh okay, moving on, we got Bethany at the Queen for Real, um host of at or of the Untrained Eye. Uh, she said, that is a great question. I'm going to go with Jackie Brown. Then she said, come on, son. Robert Forrester as Max Cherry. GTFOH. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I have not seen Jackie Brown. I haven't either. I haven't either. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like because that? Because you just said the only two Quentin movies you've seen is Pulp Fiction and Once Upon a Time. Hey, your story is staying straight, Rose. If this were interrogation, you would be passing a flying colors. But we're still watching yes. you. We're still watching you, so you better keep. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Doctor Zick Vieira at Cos Cosa del Pantano. Uh, they said Pulp Fiction. Classic choice. Um. Gosh, do you have our Twitter pulled up? I forgot it in someone's answer. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I forgot to type it in. I put their name, but I forgot to type it in. You asshole. I don't um, think I actually do. Well, I'll look it up real quick. Um, Next up, we got Susan Cartwright at Susan Cartwright 3. Uh, she said the Western that starred Kurt Russell and Samuel L. Jackson. So I think That's the I believe eight. she's talking about the hateful. Yeah, the hateful eight. Um, next up, we got the Animated Gamers podcast at Gamers underscore Animated. And he said, I'm going to be basic and nominate, nominate Pulp Fiction. And then he shared uh, the sequence when they're at the uh, the dude's house oh, with the uh, dude that they shot <laughs> in the back of the car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with the guy that like makes perfect coffee. Yep. <laughs> Uh, next up, we got Cassidy Robinson at VC Cassidy. Uh, she said, "Pulp Fiction." Pulp Fiction, I think, is is the one that we got the most on. I think it's between Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, I feel mm-hmm. if you see one Quentin Tarantino movie in your life, everyone usually says Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and that one's also like the one that's just so ubiquitous in pop culture as well because i mean like you know there's the poster for it that's like a very popular movie poster as well for that movie there's a lot of like references to that and you know it has like stars that like people still are like familiar with and you know including you know quentin tarantino of course you know samuel jackson john travolta um is is uma thurman that one or am i getting confused with, with kill bill uh no she is in that one 
She okay. is. Or she might be in both. Wife. She is in both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've seen Pulp Fiction, but yeah. So you know, it's just kind of like one of those things. It's just so ubiquitous. It's kind of like when people think about Star Wars, they probably think about A New Hope. Like the first like poster that comes to their mind is that movie, probably. I'm just spitballing, yeah, but yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Next up, we got Doctor Neil Buttery at Neil Buttery. Uh, he said. Best or favorite? He says best Kill Bill, favorite Inglorious Bastards. I get that. I totally get that dude's ranking. If I like, there is a clear best one, but then there is your personal favorite. I totally get that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next, we got Lafronda Stum at Lafronda underscore Stum. Uh, she said Pulp Fiction. Um, next we got Zach at Mr. J831. He said, once upon a time in Hollywood. Woo-woo! Hell yeah. Uh, we got Drew Davis at the Max Digital. Said, Pulp Fiction, the film that turned him into a film geek. (laughs) And I feel like I was a bit of a film geek before that movie, but I think I got more so with that one. Because I'm just like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) You can write movies backwards? What? (laughs) Yeah, no joke. (laughs) Uh, Next we got Fabricio at Real Fabo. Uh, He said Jackie Brown by far. Again, haven't seen Jackie Brown, but it's been on my, my list. I haven't either, but one of my friends, uh, he's a big QT guy, and he said Jackie Brown is actually his personal favorite QT movie as well. Yeah, that's... Gosh, I want to see that now. So bad. Like, with all the people that have said that... Like, I've had little conversations with the people on Twitter, and Mm -hmm. from what they've said, it it really makes me want to go see it. And speaking of Jackie Brown, uh, the... The D213 at the underscore D underscore 213 said Jackie Brown is the bomb. Well, there you go. I wouldn't know, but it seems like it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that checks out. Rose, you get to live (laughs) for another segment. (laughs) Yes. All right, next we got GS Vikram at Kathy underscore here. Death proof. Ooh, ooh, that's that's a topical that's a to this one. movie because that's where he got the idea for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood while making that movie. Interesting. I've not seen Death Proof. I haven't either. But... Right. D- damn it, Jonathan. <laughs> damn it, Rose. <laughs> Dude, at least uh, you're consistent. <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah. Every time, long. every time he does that, just like picture me in a little notebook going. Hey, listen back to this and with what goes along with your show, Drinking Rolls. Anytime <laughs> Rose says, like, haven't seen it, but I have seen Pulp Fiction and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. <laughs> every time every time Rose reminds the audience of his filmography, yeah. <laughs> your your letterbox diary is uh those two those two entries every day. It's just <laughs> Uh, next up, we got Cardo at Cardo Gardy. Uh, they just said hard to choose, and I don't think they ended up choosing. 
Well, fuck Damn you it. then. Jeez. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Decisions are difficult. tough. It is difficult. <laughs> it, like, once you watch all of his movies, it progressively gets harder to rank them, I feel. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> you don't have to. We know okay. what we, you were about to say. <laughs> okay, good. Wait, no. Uh, next... I, I'm lost. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we got the Bastard Squeet Street Choir at Tyler J. Kerr, 27, uh, said, if we can include screenwriting credits, which we can, uh, they said, from dusk till dawn is pretty badass. So this guy has bastard in his name, and he didn't choose Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> well, it's his street choir. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So yeah, no, yeah. From dust, dust till dawn's great. Yeah, <laughs> and that one is feet positive, very much so. So. Um, oh, I'm sorry, Rose. You wouldn't know, but yeah, it, that's a. <laughs> I wouldn't. Uh, you got that right. <laughs> Uh, next, we got Art House Film Wire at uh, Art House Film Wire uh, said Pulp Fiction. Um, then we got, I'm assuming it's Sharon at Callie Sharon MD. They said Pulp Fiction, Django, Kill Bill, Inglorious Bastards, Hateful Eight, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, a lot so of favorites. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming that was in order. Mm. If that's in order, sad. What well, Pulp Fiction's at the top? Yeah, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's at the bottom. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, we got Sebastiano at Seba Lions. Uh, he said Jackie Brown. Still not gonna say anything. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I give you that little pause just so <laughs> like everyone knows you haven't seen it. <laughs> Smart ass. Your story uh, isn't it... staying straight anymore, Rose. Shit. Uh, <laughs> next... Work on it. <laughs> next we get Better Than Human at Better Than Huma 1. They said Kill Bill. I still want to know volume one or two. <laughs> and you're going to keep wondering because the next response we got is from Dennis Smith at Dennis A. Smith. Uh, he also said kill Bill. Gosh, freaking damn it, people. <laughs> it would have been amazing if they just said volume one with no movie title. And Rose was like, to which movie? To which movie? <laughs> and then our last response from Twitter is from Playbuck. At playbuck underscore ph, he said, "Inglorious bastards for sure." That's a good one. Yeah. Then moving on to Instagram, we got failing Hollywood. They said, "Inglorious bastards." And then some weird stranger film on the rocks said, "Probably this." <laughs> he's got good taste. Cool. Yeah, he's got good taste. I like that guy. Hell yeah. <laughs> and that is our all of our responses. So thank you to everyone for answering our question of the week and giving us a whole hell of a lot to talk about. Yes, yeah. We yeah. really had it really helped us get it out of Rose what all he's seen. It was very helpful. <laughs> you guys really grilled him good. Thank you. <laughs> no 
comment. No comment. Thanks again for having me on, Rose and uh, and uh, Caleb. Happy yeah, day. of course. <laughs> All right, with that, I think we can get into our breakdown finally of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Woo woo. So, if you are new to our breakdown system, we have split the move split movies into eight different categories that we individually grade to come to a final all bros and film on the rocks score. Um, so we grade story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then at the end we give it an overall genre grade. So just our, our personal grade. Mm-hmm. Um, just so we can throw in our bias in a little bit. <laughs> yes. Um, so with that, Rose is going to read us a synopsis of the story story um if you have not seen the movie go check it out and if you continue to listen after this it's your own damn fault the movie was spoiled yeah especially the ending (laughs) yeah yeah good good fucking luck with this synopsis rose um this is is, is, i'm like getting my popcorn just to watch you try to do this (laughs) i'm glad i don't time for reading with rose (laughs) all right yeah here we go sorry i gotta clear my throat yeah All right, here we go. In February 1969, veteran Hollywood actor Rick Dalton, star of 1950s Western television series, I'm already effing it up, (laughs) television series Bounty Law, fears his career is fading. Casting agent Marvin Schwartz recommends he make spaghetti westerns in Italy, which Dalton feels are beneath him. Dalton's best friend and stunt double, Cliff Booth, a war veteran skilled in hand-to-hand combat who lives in a tiny trailer with his pit bull, Brandy, drives Dalton around Los Angeles because Dalton's driver's license has been suspended due to his DUI arrests. Booth struggles to find stunt work in in Hollywood because of rumors he murdered his wife. Actress Sharon Tate and her husband, director Roman Polanski, have moved next door to Dalton, who dreams of befriending them to revive his declining acting career. That night, Tate and Polanski attend a celebrity-filled party at the Playboy Mansion. The next day, while repairing Dalton's TV antenna, Booth reminisces about a sparring contest he had with Bruce Lee on the set of The Green Hornet, which resulted in Booth being fired. Meanwhile, Charles Manson stops by the Polanski residence looking for producer Terry Melcher, who used to live there but is turned away by Jay Sabring. Tate goes for errands and stops at a movie theater to watch herself in the film The Wrecking Crew. Dalton is cast to play the villain in the pilot of the Western television series Lancer and strikes up a conversation with his 8-year-old co-star Trudy Fraser. During filming, Dalton struggles to remember his lines and suffers a violent breakdown later in his trailer as a result. He subsequently delivers a strong performance that impresses Fraser and the director, Sam Wanamaker, bolstering his confidence. While driving Dalton's car, Booth picks up a female hitchhiker named Pussycat, whom he takes to Spawn Ranch, where Booth once worked on the set of Bounty Law. He takes notice of the many hippies living there, the Manson family, suspecting they may be taking advantage of the ranch, ranch's owner, George Spawn. Booth, oh my gosh, <laughs> suspecting they may be taking advantage We're about of the ranch. <laughs> We're almost done. We're almost done. All right. So suspecting they may be taking advantage of the ranch's owner, George Spawn, Booth insists on checking on him despite Squeaky Fromm's objections. 
Booth finally speaks with Spawn, who dismisses his concerns. Upon leaving, Booth discovers that Steve Clem Grogan has slashed a tire on Dalton's car. Booth beats him and forces him to change the tire. That was <laughs> freaking fantastic. I love that scene. Uh, Tex, uh, Tex Watson is uh, Watson, however the hell you say it, <laughs> is summoned to deal with the situation, but he arrives as Booth is driving away. After watching Dalton's guest performance on an episode of the FBI, Schwartz books him as the lead in Sergio Carbucci's next Spaghetti Western, Nebraska Gym. Dalton takes Booth with him for a six-month stint in Italy, during which time he films two additional westerns and a Europsy comedy, and marries Italian starlet Francesca Capucci. Capu- Capu- is it Capucci? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Making me feel so confident with myself. Thanks, Albers. With a new wife, Dalton informs Booth he can no longer afford his services. On the evening of August 8th, 1969, their first day back in Los Angeles, Dalton and, Dalton, oh my goodness, Dalton and Booth go out for drinks to commemorate their time working together and then return to Dalton's house. Tate and Sabrine go out for dinner with friends and then return to Tate's house. Booth smokes an LSD lace cigarette purchased earlier from a hippie girl and takes Brandy for a walk while Dalton prepares drinks. Manson family members Tex, Sadie, Flowerchild, and Katie arrive outside in preparation to murder everyone in Tate's house, but Dalton hears their loud car and orders them off his street. Recognizing Dalton, the Manson family members change their plans and decide to kill him instead, after Sadie reasons that Hollywood has taught them to murder. Flowerchild deserts the group, speeding off with their car. Breaking into Dalton's house, they confront Capucci and Booth inside. Booth recognizes them from his visit to Spawn Ranch and orders Brandy to attack. Together, they kill Katie and Tex and injure Sadie, though Booth is stabbed, shot, and left unconscious during the altercation. Sadie stumbles outside, alarming Dalton, who was in his pool listening to music on his headphones, oblivious to the, me- to the melee inside. Dalton retrieves a flamethrower previously used in a movie and incinerates Sadie. <laughs> After Booth is taken away by ambulance to receive treatment for his injuries, Sabrina engages Dalton in conversation outside, and Dalton receives an invitation for a drink with Tate and her friends at her house, which he accepts. And scene! <laughs> Th- thank you, thank you. I mean, you've definitely Rose. done that, worse. That was a lot. Yes! <laughs> <clears throat> And that Good. segment is also available on audible.com where you can... <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah. shit. I need I want I'm I'm trying to figure out a design for a reading with row oh, shirt okay. where so it's actually reading with it. two e's. <laughs> <laughs> you're such an ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I need to come up with something good because I, I I want one of those shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, okay. This so I've seen this movie twice now. I unfortunately have only seen it once, but I definitely want to see it again very soon. I have seen it twice. Yeah, y'all and suck. It's I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's. The first go-around, 
with me watching it was a little confusing because I, I felt like Quentin Tar- I didn't understand what the film was until the second viewing. Okay. And after hearing like a few reviews, including uh, your guys's review of it, um, it it's kind of hard, like hard to understand, like because at the end, like with Sharon Tate still being alive, I was on, I was under the impression I'm like, wait, she was supposed to die, right? And then like just a bunch of other confusing stuff like happened in like throughout that. Like I said, I felt like it, they were rewriting history, but now that I understand what Quentin was going for, that this was kind of his, just just kind of showing off his love for that era, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely had the same kind of initial reaction the first time I saw this movie. Uh, my best friend was bugging me for like months to go see this, and... I finally like rented it one night and I, my initial reaction was like, this was good, but I don't get I, I I didn't exactly get it. You know, it didn't like click in my brain immediately. Like this movie had to marinate in, in my head for like a couple days as I thought about it more and more. And then as kind of like what uh, uh, you said, Caleb, I had like discussions with him and like some other people. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm like, I missed some themes. And then when I watched it again, I was like, Oh, this movie is about aging. This movie is about, you know, like Sharon Tate, the person, not the victim. This movie is about Quentin Tarantino's love for this, for like the late sixties and Hollywood. And this, this movie is a, has a lot of substance to it that you, that you can miss if you're like going into it with a certain amount of expectation. Yeah. Or if you're just going into it blind, I feel, Mm -hmm. which I think is a big issue with a lot of Quentin's movies. If you go in blind, you're, going to come out a little confused yeah you're not wrong and it's it's like you said like you kind of need to sit on them a little bit if you kind of compare the this movie to pulp fiction which was probably like the most common movie brought up in your twitter poll um when you go in and watch pulp fiction for the first time it's even if you go into it blind that movie's still full filled with like some action sequence and like good bits of comedy and it's still kind of like kind of like things that just like kind of grab at you and it's like oh okay yeah this is like really fun this has good pacing this is kind of fast paced and when you go into this movie there's not too many action sequence really and it's a lot of it, it's kind of like a hangout movie you know it's kind of just like oh you know you're just watching cliff drive around la for a while or you're kind of seeing uh, rick uh you know fail at acting for a little bit so this this movie has it, it it's a little bit different in like kind of like the pacing and like what what it is that like drives you to keep wanting yeah, to like, watch it continue you know that was like one of my biggest things when when they were driving around i i like felt like oh we're just we're traveling the streets with them <laughs> <laughs> like okay cool <laughs> i mean but like i think you could I feel like you could have this movie playing in the background at like a fifties themed party. Like I feel like this movie isn't something that you c- you have to pay super close attention to. Hmm. Fair, but it's but the uh, like watching it like sit ha- like sitting down and watching it. It it's not boring. 
No, not it's, at it's, all. Like it doesn't like have any parts that drag. Like maybe you could make the argument that him driving around the driving around town is a little slow. I know. I liked those parts though. I did yeah. too. Like I'm just saying, you can make that yeah, argument. Yeah, true. Um, but I mean, it, the movie's really good at keeping your attention. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I think so too. But it also doesn't require it. I feel. I think I'm. If that makes sense, I think it kind. Of, I mean, it's not like there are these like. I mean, it the movie is kind of subtle, but it's not like these little small details. If you miss out on it, you're it's not going to like come back to bite you in the ass at the end of the movie because you're not going to be like, oh wait, where did they get this jacket or whatever? That there's nothing like that. But um, I feel like I think one of the biggest complaints that some people had was the whole. Sharon Tate part bit of this movie with Margot Robbie because I think it, um it, like some, like the first time people watched this they might have been like I didn't really get her purpose or part in this because you know she nothing really happened in her sequences that we you know observed her for yeah and I think that was the point mm-hmm. yeah I yeah I think so too like I think with like what you've said like with history like. She, Instead of her being the victim, it's the person. And there was just so much shit that had happened to her. And it was just kind of like more or less tainted by history, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But this movie just kind of like kind of brings it back to her just being like a regular person. Right. Which I loved. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you get to see like how kind of like fun and like you know, happy-go-lucky she she is or was um and you know we, we she goes to a bookstore you know that's like something that whether that was factual or fictional or whatever it's kind of like oh sharon tate read books you know it's kind of like just like things like that and just watching her go to the movies and watch her own movie and everything is is like really fun and cute and her kind of like oh my god they're laughing at it like the jokes are landing they're enjoying it like and it also kind of plays into that whole idea that this movie is about aging because we're seeing her at the very beginning of her bright career and contrasting it to Rick, who's kind of fighting to keep his career alive when he feels like he's at the end of it. Um, it's just kind of fun to kind of see those two things. Yeah, I, I definitely really like the that contrast. And I think it's... Like, with her sitting and watching her own movie, I really like that. Because it's just kind of like like creating, like doing like an art project or doing, hell, a podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you, you want people to enjoy it. And it's just, like, we can talk hot shit and say that we... We do it for fun, which, I mean, majority of us do, or we could just be like talk like we're hot shit and say, like, we don't care if people listen, or we don't care if people like it, and I think we do. <laughs> yeah. We really <laughs> Like, if someone were to, like, come and say, like, oh, I hate this, it's just like, hey, you still listen. <laughs> still got that download. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just... Like, you could talk hot shit all day and say, like, you don't care what people think, but you you do. You want people to think something, I feel. Mm-hmm. 
like whether it be oh i hated that episode it's just like oh fantastic <laughs> like i was able to bring something out in you or right like oh i really like that and then you like you feel good about like what you released into the world and yeah like same with any form of art like a drawing or a like a book or whatever like you want people to enjoy it and i feel like it they did a really good job at showing that sh- that was something she cared about too in her own little way like before the movie starts or well the movie she goes in when the movie's going it doesn't she no uh the previews were going the previews were going okay yeah. mm-hmm. so i feel like when she does sit down with that you can almost see maybe i mean i might be reading into it but maybe like a little bit of worry about like maybe she's just a little bit worried about what people think of the movie or what people are going to think and then it gets into the movie and then you see her kind of like relaxing a little bit more yeah, I feel she definitely relaxed when she put up her feet and took off yeah. her shoes. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> anyone anyone who takes off their shoes at a movie theater, I hope you get hit. Not fatally, but I hope you get hit by say, a car. I was going to say, damn. <laughs> Shit, Caleb. I said not fatally, like in the parking lot. <laughs> wow. Okay. I or bare minimum, if... I hope you trip. <laughs> okay, I'll take trip. I will take trip. I hope you step in gum. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Even better. I was gonna say, I wonder if like part of some of her kind of insecurity that you kind of just mentioned about her going into it sort of somewhat nervous had any sort of uh, play had any sort of anything to do with the ticket booth salesperson not recognizing who she was or not even like you know knowing who she was or anything like that like she was in it's like oh i was in valley of the dolls she goes oh you were she goes yeah i was you know i was the klutz and everything so she kind of had to like sort of be like no 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 like i've been in other movies like i really am in this movie though she was kind of like oh man i don't i don't have any clout at all yeah one thing i really like that they did is actually used um like they didn't try to doctor any images to make mm-hmm. it look like Margot Robbie, they actually use Sharon Tate. I loved that too. I absolutely yeah. loved that. Yeah, and like that's something I wish that historical movies did a little bit more. Like one that I wish that they would have done that in is like Walk the Line, because I feel like they take a lot of pictures, and I wish that they would have like snapped the picture and then shown the actual photo in like in those types of movies. But I I love that they did that with this, where it was not Margot Robbie reenacting anything. It was Sharon Tate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really appreciated so that. Yeah, I love that. I hope I hope uh, people take notice of that and just like that little detail, because like I was a little confused at first. I'm like, wait, that doesn't even look like. And then when I realized, oh, that's Sharon Tate. Like I. My mind exploded. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this but is it's still, awesome. <laughs> it's still also cool because they do also show like Margot Robbie practicing with with, with, the, with the guy who they have playing as uh, uh, Bruce Lee. So it was kind of like you still got to see 
Margot Robbie kind of like training for the scene that Sharon Tate that you're watching Sharon Tate do. It was it was kind of cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, wasn't a big complaint with this movie or just something that was going on. Wasn't one of Bruce Lee's kids or grandchildren kind of throwing a fit over the portrayal of Bruce Lee? It was his daughter. His daughter? Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, she... make him seem like he was an asshole. I mean, uh, I don't think I don't she, think he uh, was in this. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it was portraying him as an asshole. It was kind of portraying him as a uh, what's well, not like a ditz, but like kind of like dumb in a way. Because I mean. I'm. I guess from what she said, he was nothing like that. Like, he wouldn't just be. He wouldn't say like, "Oh, if um, if we get into a fight and I accidentally kill you with my fists, I go to jail." Like, so more like cocky. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, like in the videos, like if it's more confidence that he's portraying, not cockiness. Yeah, that's that's true. But so yeah. Yeah, I and I mean like. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not related to Bruce Lee or anything. But I mean, I don't really think that this could have been offensive. I mean, in my opinion, and I mean, he probably was a very confident, cocky person. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, he was a he was a huge athlete at the time. Like, of course, like I mean, and that's okay. Like he, like everybody knows. Like this doesn't taint the image of Bruce Lee. This this movie does not do that. So yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would have been, uh, like, as a, if I was a family member to Bruce Lee, I think the only thing that I would have been upset about is Cliff throwing him against the car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Dude, when I saw that, I was just like, oh, shit. It was great. And, you know, they kind of do, like, a sly thing here because they're trying to do, like, best of three, and it ends in a tie. So, like, there's no clear winner or loser in this. That's true. That's fair, but I think the loser is whoever got thrown against the car. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Dude, I couldn't even imagine getting thrown against a car. Like, I'd I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, you win. <laughs> that car door is like just dented into. And this is like back when like cars were made with like really heavy like sheet metal, you know? So <laughs> Yeah, that was steel. <laughs> yeah, that was that that was like just damage. Like like you're making a claim <laughs> on that. Like that's <laughs> Yeah, for I mean for a car well that wasn't a prop car, was it? or it wasn't supposed to be a prop car, was it? It was yeah, it was to the be director's like car. wife's car. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it was like in the movie a real car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then yeah, that that kind of damage would not have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe to the skeleton of <laughs> of Bruce Lee, but not to the car. Yeah. <laughs> I also wonder if because like this is sort of a memory that Cliff is having while he's on top of the roof trying to fix the antenna. So I wonder, like, how much of this is skewed to his bias. He's like, yeah, I definitely threw him into that car. You know what I mean? So, like, <laughs> that's, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I, I, I just view Bruce Lee as, like, the ultimate kung fu master. So I, it's a hard right. thing for me to imagine him getting his ass whooped like yeah, that. Yeah, right? <laughs> no kidding. I know I just said that it's possible that his memory could be skewed a little bit because it was him. 
kind of like thinking about it. And then you said something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the last thing I have was uh, me saying like, you know, how much can we trust his trust this story? Cause it's a little skewed because it's his memory while he's on the rooftop. Yeah. A little unreliable narrator situation. And I don't know. That could be said about a decent amount of this movie. That's a good point. Yeah. I mean, just here and there. Just because, I mean, Quentin Tarantino in himself um, changing history like he did with Sharon Tate, that would be, um, like, you could consider that, like, being an unreliable narrator. And then... Mm -hmm. But he also left a lot of things like in the open for you to interpret <laughs> with like him killing his wife. <laughs> yeah. Right. <That's>... Yeah. <laughs> so do y'all think that Cliff killed his wife? I'm curious. Oh, what, yeah. What your opinion <laughs> totally on that is. <laughs> yeah. Brad Pitt's look when he just has that scuba mask on and just staring at her. Yeah. There's, there's kind of really no doubt. <laughs> I love my my co-host when we talked about this. Uh, he his bold claim was that uh, he thinks it was kind of like an accident, kind of like in Pulp Fiction, where I think John Travolta accidentally shoots a guy in the back of the head. It was like kind of something like that. Like they hit a big wave and he accidentally shot her with a harpoon or whatever. So uh, I kind of like that interpretation. But yeah, it, it's like one of those unanswerable questions from this movie. And the depending on your answer completely skews how you see this character <laughs> yeah. no kidding yeah it, it's kind of funny too because you could choose to take it and be like oh you see the good in him like he wouldn't do that to his wife like she probably just left him and or ran off with someone because they were kind of in a, like a caribbean looking area weren't they yeah i think so so maybe she just stayed there and she's just like Deuces. peace out <laughs> and then you could then you could like choose to look at it like Oh, he's like he's not a bad guy, or like then you could also choose to view it like, yeah, he did, and then he's just a shit person. It's just kind of a matter of like what perspective you're wanting to yeah. take. <laughs> yeah, and then it kind of just like adds to like his whole mythos, like in all like the Hollywood circles, everybody's talking about like, hey, you know that stunt man that killed his wife? He just beat the shit out of Bruce Lee. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing I noticed, I. Did he ever deny it? I don't think he uh, did. Like, I feel no. like people kept throwing Rick... that in his face, but he never, like, said, I didn't kill my wife. He just kind of, like, sat there and just, like, and drank. Well, I don't know. Did, like, anyone, like, really throw it in his face? It seems like people were kind of more leaning towards it because when, uh, after Kurt Russell finishes talking with, um, um, oh my goodness. Rick. Rick, thank you. I'm sorry. Okay, did Rick ever deny no, it? Rick kind of doesn't uh, know see, how to. That's what sorry, you go ahead. Oh no, I was just. I was sorry, Rose. I was just saying. Like, I'm not really sure because I'm trying to remember it. Because he kind of because he goes to bat for him. Yeah. You know, and I can't really remember if he denies it or he's just like, "Oh, you gonna believe that?" Like, I can't remember. I think it's like, "Oh, do you really believe that?" I think that's what he says. Because when uh, after Kurt Russell's like, "Oh, fine, you know, whatever," as he's leaving the trailer and he's walking away with Cliff, Cliff, um, he's like talking about his wife. And he's just like, make sure you stay away from her. Like, they, they never, like, full-on say, like, hey, you know, like, hey, wife killer, 
You know, like let's let's bring you onto the set. They kind of like what's the what's the word? They yeah. either do it like behind his back or talk to like Rick about it. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I don't think anyone ever like approach yeah, I don't think anyone approaches him about it. I mean, would you but, approach Brad Pitt about killing his wife? <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. Fair, yeah. Especially, yeah. He's like, he got away with it once. He might get away with it again. Exactly. I don't know. And I think that, like, Rick does, like, deflect it. He's like, oh, come on. He's a war hero. You know, he just goes, he goes straight yeah. to that. Yeah, that's what it was. Ooh. Yeah, you could take that. Either way, like it's all a matter of yeah. what you're feeling about his character in that moment. Yeah. Like once you see that, you're just like, mm-hmm. oh, he wouldn't. And then it's just the thing that like gets you on like maybe is the look that he gives when he's holding that's, the that's, Yeah, that's and, or that's it's not a... even a look. It's just the <laughs> the blank stare. <laughs> he's just kind of like, man, I could just do it right now. Nobody will know Cliff. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, the first the first time I watched this, I was like, I don't think he did it. There's no way. And then the second time I watched it, I was like, yep, he definitely did it. <laughs> <laughs> like it cha- your mind changes every time you see it. Yeah, that's that's the uh I was I was on the fence the first go around and now I'm like completely on the <laughs> Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after like everything, like you see how prone to violence he is in this movie. Like he is not afraid to just go there and escalate it. You know, we see it when he beats the shit out of the hippie for tearing up his tire. The whole ending scene, which I'm sure we will get to. I mean, you know, he's he, he he's very he's like fighting is always on the table for him. He's he's not afraid of like physical conflict. Yeah, like he honestly could have taken. I feel a few of them, like his wife. Those th- yeah, those, no, <laughs> those three hippies, like the three hippies at the end. He easily could have taken them out. I feel, All but right. he chose to let his dog freaking go have ham. Yeah, have at it. <laughs> so, yeah, which that was great. I yeah, love that, that little bit. So oh my fantastic. gosh, so little good. bit. The the whole thing. <laughs> I was talking about like his dog Brandy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Like honestly, I feel you can't help but not smile at them getting killed because I, don't, I i love that quentin tarantino rewrote history with that scene because like you you mm-hmm. love seeing them get what they deserved yeah especially exactly. with the flamethrower which i loved how they brought that in <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. when he's just like yeah it's a it, it's a bit hot can we like cool it down <laughs> it's like, a flame for it rick yeah <laughs> Apparently that was ad libbed by by Leo. Like like that wasn't like that was Leo kind of like breaking character. Apparently that was him just going, "Oh, this is hot. Like, can <laughs> oh, we can fantastic. do anything about this?" And and Quentin Tarantino was like, "That is amazing. Use it. Yeah, was... <laughs> that's awesome." Gosh, just the idea of someone asking if we can do something about the heat coming off of a flamethrower, <laughs> like. <laughs> I'll like chuckle about that randomly. <laughs> oh yeah, it, it's the best. Yeah, I love it. And just the fact that he kept that pro like who lets who lets somebody keep that off a movie set? Seriously. Like who's like fifties? 
like 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 the prop supervisor like when they're getting like everything back they're going through their checklist i'm like okay like i feel like flamethrower would be like high on the list to make sure you got back right like right. well that was also back in a time when they didn't give a shit about props oh okay i like, guess that makes sense so i was watching on disney plus this um ba- like basically this dude's a prop hunter and he's trying mm. to go back and find these props from disney history because they Back then, they didn't keep any of those. They just like oh, okay. let the cast, cast and crew kind of just take them. And so, like, there was one guy who ended up getting the the mold for the uh, Mary Poppins umbrella. Oh, that's cool! Oh, yeah, like, yeah. So he had that. Um, one person had the the snow globe. Awesome. Uh, they were able to find the the little yellow coat that the little girl I forget her name the girl was wearing. Oh, Jane. Jane, yeah. So they found the coat and the hat that she was wearing in that. <sighs> that like back then they did not give a shit about the props. They're just like, take them, we're done. <laughs> Damn. Yes. Yeah, but still, too. like this isn't like the mold to create the flamethrower. It's a flamethrower <laughs> that just went missing. <laughs> just, just, just a, a, a weapon. Like its only purpose is to like burn like bodies. Like I don't care. Yeah. Well, you got think also back then they pro- they didn't have special effects, so they had to get the legitimate item. So they probably just bought it. They were just like, maybe we're never going to use this again. Rick's like, hey, I'm taking this. And they're like, okay. <laughs> kind of like, I guess, don't yeah, see like, any problem hey, that's with Rick that. That's Rick fucking Talton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just let him do what he wants. It's like Robert Downey Jr. taking home the giant Avengers A. Like from... What? Yeah, he took home the Avengers A. Like he... Oh, so the one awesome. where the uh, where it's crashed down. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, uh, oh, awesome. I'll be taking that. And they're just like, uh, what? And he's like... That is going home with me. And they're like, oh, we have to. And he's just like, no, put it in a trailer. It's coming home with me. And they're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so they put If the... anyone deserves it, it's him. That's that's true. I mean, you really can't say no to RDJ. Yeah, but it's just like, it's like, like Chris Evans. He's probably like took home a shield or two. Oh, I know Chris Hemsworth has taken home quite a few Thor hammers. Yeah. Like, wasn't there this big old. St- the story that he broke one of his brother's foot. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he broke his brother's foot because he took home one of the super heavy Thor hammers and dropped it on his brother's foot. I want to say I, I read somewhere that he he actually has taken home a, a Thor hammer from every single movie he's played him in. Freaking worth it, dude. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, probably that situation. He's just like, this is cool. I want it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that makes sense, too, because, we, like, we, we do see, like, other stuff around his house. Like, the movie posters or, and, like, posters of, like, shows and movies he's been in are just all over his house. Even his driveway. There's, like, a, 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 yeah, a, a, that, a portrait of himself. That was, so. that, that was something. Honestly, that's tacky. <laughs> just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. Just a little bit. But I'm just thinking, if we get to the point where we make films like that (laughs) yeah i'm gonna have posters of my movie up everywhere i'm gonna have the props whatever props i can get away with taking i'm gonna have those 
scattered around. <laughs> I'm going to have those in like <laughs> shadow boxes around the house. <laughs> right, yeah. But yeah, it's just... It's I, still also kind of like fitting for that character too of him just like he's living with the relics of like his golden age that he's not in anymore still him like holding on to what he knew was good like in his heyday because like even when he goes on to lancer to be the heavy his like they're wanting him to be a cowboy but they're like wanting him to dress up differently and it's not even how like it's not even how he, if he were to just like dress up a cowboy is like oh like the way I even think about how cowboys are supposed to look is now different, yeah. and so it's just like him just living in these relics of a time where he was you know he he was king shit you know he was just the 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 king the king of the crop or whatever or cream of the crop sorry and he it's like him just trying to hold on to that and this whole movie is him trying to get back to that yeah, yeah. I really like seeing him struggle with the the new look like the long hair and just shagginess in that movie and sexy him, scary hamlet yeah yeah it's and great the, and then or him asking the director or just whoever saying like how are these people going to recognize that it's me and he like the director saying with luck they won't <laughs> yeah and like yeah, how don't he just kind of like oh what yeah like it you could see like the struggle in his face with that. Like, wait, what? <laughs> but, <laughs> but my face. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know for someone that's was in like the age of where you're you're just a clean cut cowboy. That would make sense that he would. Like, all his fame is coming from people recognizing him. So the fact that the director doesn't want people to recognize him would be, I think, difficult on his ego. It's true. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, there's like so much about this movie that you could just analyze <laughs> to death. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's about like him needing to adapt to continue this career if he wants to. You know, he needs to dress differently he needs to dress how cowboys are now being presented as he needs to go to italy to film those kind of movies he is like this movie is about change and how he needs to adapt if he wants to continue making movies yeah so what are we thinking with the story grade because see this is tough yeah yeah so like with the story it's more just like the flow and how like the story progressed mm -hmm. and everything which i think was pretty good it was. I don't think it was like the best thing in the world, but mm -hmm. I feel like where this movie really shines is in the writing. Oh, absolutely. The writing was exactly was yes. I hundred percent agree. Watching the story itself, and like we've said, like watching it the first go round, if there's things that you don't, if you're going in blind, it's a little confusing. I like. I feel like I kind of have to dock it a little bit. Like the story mm -hmm. is good it's good even though it's confusing yeah but it, i have to dock it because if you go in blind you're gonna be lost i feel at least at the end i yeah. absolutely agree yeah and you didn't go in completely blind like how no. like were you still like what up with the ending or because i kind of explained it to you a little you bit. did a little bit so did that help it yeah it yeah it absolutely did and yeah. honestly, like the more that I thought about it, the more like I loved that Quentin Tarantino rewrote history with this ending. Yeah, so it's, I think it's so satisfying. I love it. 
Yeah. So I think with a story, like with the story, you shouldn't have to explain anything. Yes. For a perfect story. Yes. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, is this is this on a scale from one to a hundred? Correct. Yes. Yes. So I'm thinking, like, I really like the story. I think it's a good one, but it isn't exactly the clearest one. Kind of like what you're saying, like you can't just like hop into the middle of it and kind of just just get a clear picture. It's like one that's like, you know really detailed and i feel like there's like one character arc in this whole thing so um uh, but just because i like it so much i'm thinking like maybe like high 50s or 60 for 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 story i think like maybe like a 60 Hmm. am i a little low well it's kind of like it's 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 like letter grade (laughs) Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> like um, that—that's like the I'm the so- le- like. Yeah, if we were to, like one out of a hundred, like that's fair, but that's also like an F. <laughs> yes. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Here, I'll I'll start I'll start back over because I think it's a lot better than that. Um. Okay. So story wise, I'm sorry. Story wise, I'll probably say like a B minus. Uh, which sounds very contradictory to what I just said, but uh, I was. <laughs> Say like like a B minus C plus range a little bit just because um, the story it's it's hard to describe the story and kind of like how you said it should be easy to explain. I mean you know f- you know well fr- it's, go you, back to you shouldn't have to explain it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's the the ultimate goal. You shouldn't have to, but I feel like you have to kind of listen to Quentin Tarantino's thoughts before you understand mm-hmm. it. That's, tr- that's very true yeah yeah so i'm yeah so i was kind of thinking like a c ish yeah like that would put me in like like the 74 range i can give you that 74 74 yeah 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 i could do that all right so yeah that puts us like so far that puts us at a c all right next up we got writing which is this is where the movie shines. Yeah, freaking nailed it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think especially with, like, Sharon Tate's character, like, I include this in writing. There's a lot of times where she doesn't necessarily talk a lot. And That's it true. works. Because you kind of want her to feel like an average, everyday person. Yeah. You don't want... you did. He didn't necessarily want her to have, like, a huge arc or whatever. That mm-hmm. was left for Rick and Cliff. Right. And even, like, outside of just, like, the actual writing of, like, like the storyboard of it or whatever, like, the dialogue for everybody was great in this. Really yeah. was. Yeah, I don't think that there was yeah, any... It was really like funny, too. ...wasted dialogue. No. Like, I don't think there's anything that you could cut out and not mess up the movie. Yeah, even Al Pacino's dialogue made sense. Oh, yeah. He has some of the best lines of dialogue in this, I think, too. Like, even like the you know when he walks into the bar and he sees Cliff, he goes, "Oh, is that your son?" <laughs> <laughs> Pour myself a cognac, have myself a fucking Rick Dalton fucking film festival. <laughs> like, God, that sounds like an awesome night. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah, that like, oh, that like that stuff was perfect, it and was, it's it was. like. 
whenever like f- just for those of you that are newer to this like whenever i talk about like wasted dialogue i'm thinking more like the first spider-man <laughs> there's a lot of like <laughs> just filler dialogue and it's just like okay shut up and get to the green goblin speeches <laughs> Right. But like this whole thing, if it was like a Green Goblin speech, like you could oh, yeah. not cut it out and no. have it be good for the movie. Yeah. I feel. I'm trying to think if there's any issues with the writing I had. I don't think it was perfect no, all the time, but it but was. I don't really have any like nitpicks. I don't either. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's nothing that was like, oh, that was a stupid line of dialogue or like why did they write it like this it was like this is probably like his best written movie yeah Yeah. so i'm i mean i'll start off i'm in like the mid 90s so i'm like sitting 95 i can so give you a 95 yeah yeah what do you think yeah i was i was thinking like like 96 honestly is what i thought of coming into this so yeah i'm good with that 95 let's do it all right, next up we got acting. So I think we're just going to do Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad, Brad Pitt. Margot Robbie? Or should we just do Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio? I think we should just do those two. Because okay. Margot Robbie didn't have a whole lot of acting to do. <laughs> yeah. She didn't, but like I, do, I still feel like that like the, the little acting we saw of her, we still got like just that charisma and bubbly attitude that, that like she was supposed to bring you know yeah that's a good point and, and that's sometimes like more of a challenge really when you have little space to work with it you know if that makes sense yeah. i mean she was a bit she like, was hey, a big you... part of this story it was just mm-hmm. she didn't have a whole lot to say or do okay so we can do her sure yeah and it wasn't just so much like dialogue acting as well you know she acted it, like in the movie theaters, you just saw like her acting with her face and her like her whole body language of her being excited that's, that people were enjoying her movie and everything. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so let's start off with Margot. What are we thinking? Or what are you thinking with her? Uh, I would say like low nineties. Low nineties, okay. honestly, like yeah, like ninety one, ninety two, maybe. That's pretty fair. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Because, again, I feel like that she gets a lot of credit for, per, like, conveying the attitude of that character with such little screen time. Yes. In little dialogue as well. It was mostly all body language. And we see her, like, dancing and everything while she's doing stuff. It's, it's great. It really is. Yeah. That is really difficult to argue with. Like, but... Yeah, body language is hard to get right. And I think one of the biggest instances of like the body language being like the majority of your acting is with uh V for Vendetta having to work underneath a mask. Mm. Like right. you have to show body language and in... oh shit. I mean I forget on. his name. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to body language <laughs> under a mask, I mean Nick Castle. Okay, who <laughs> who <laughs> who played red skull uh hugo weaving yep hugo weaving yeah he did really good with in v for vendetta at making v showing like anger and just 
kind of mm-hmm. joy. Like he did really good with that, like that body language. And I think I don't think Margot Robbie's on that level, <laughs> but mm-hmm. she's damn she's close. I may be more towards yeah. a ninety, but I'm at a solid ninety. Alright, yeah. so we can go like 90 and a half. <laughs> 9.5. <laughs> sure, that works. We nitpick yep. <laughs> on this show. <laughs> yeah. Alright, next up we got character development, which oh, I think is... Wait. We still got two to grade for acting. Oh, gosh damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stupid. <laughs> Sorry, you're not leaving my boy Brad Pitt out in the dust. Yeah, so yeah, we have two other people to grade before we get to the... <laughs> I'm, so, I'm stupid. Um, okay. okay, next up. Uh, Brad Pitt? Yeah. Alright, what, awesome what? 100. 100? <laughs> I mean, he. I, I would say this is probably one of his better roles. I mean, it was this just is, really good. I haven't seen a lot of Brad Pitt films. This is by far his favorite performance for me. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? Oh wait! <laughs> oh wait! You're an asshole. <laughs> I, I almost like I don't know. I almost like this one a little bit more. I don't know. It's like I'm trying to come up with like an like an argument, but I'm having a hard time. <laughs> but uh, to 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 your point with the Glorious Bastards, but like this one, I don't know. He was just he just did. I mean, he was, he was he was really good at being macho, but not like so over the top that he couldn't let his male best friend cry on his shoulder. Like he was fine with that. I mean, it, he's doing kind of like this, I don't know, like Missouri accent the whole time. I don't know what it is that he's doing, but I mean, he 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 did he did a really good job. But you might have a point that him and Inglorious Bastards might be slightly better. Yeah, like. I don't know what it was like. I I felt like I don't know. There were just I feel like there were times where he was just a little off. See, I didn't feel that way at all. You didn't? Nope. I thought it was a little off when he was at the ranch. I feel he was at his best at that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I agree with Rose here. Yeah. I that's where I felt like he was at some of his best. Yeah. I I don't know what I was what vibes I was getting off him, but it was just like. He? Maybe like a, a little bit of an awkwardness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it, may, it, oh, okay. it could have been him interacting with the hippies. That was just maybe Cliff was yeah. just uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, can you blame him? <laughs> Fair. I'll, I'll I'll tell you this: he gives an excellent line delivery at the ranch when um when he's trying to talk to um Squeaky and, he, and he's trying to get into the house to see George. And he's just like, look, and he kind of like bangs on like the storm door. He goes, listen, I'm coming in to see George and this thing ain't stopping me. It's like a very, I'm not doing it justice, but like he does such a great line delivery for that. Cause it's like chilling. It's kind of like, fuck, is he going to punch this teen, <laughs> this, this, this hippie in the face? Cause he might, he might bust through that screen door. Cause he just said that's not stopping him. Yeah. And everything in the car ride that we get with him. Uh, when he's driving a pussycat, you know, when she offers him fellatio, he's like, how old are you, really? Like, it's, it's just great. I fucking love it. I'm like, I'm oh, feeling I admire him for that. Seriously, like, that whole scene, just, when she just comes out and said that, I'm like, damn, girl, you don't play around, do you? 
Yeah, he's he's also just kind of like, listen, Johnny Law's been after me, and I'm not going to get caught for poo tang. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you see, it's great. I'm thinking like mid '90s for him. Uh, I don't know, but you too. But that's what I'm feeling. What are you thinking, Caleb? Gosh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys talked me up. Yes, <laughs> I, I completely forgot about the <laughs> I'm going to jail for poo tang. <laughs> Like, I'm in the 90s just for that line alone. <laughs> right? And then, like, there's even, like, the part where he's just, like, it's, like, throughout the day, he's just driving by, and he sees the hippies, and he sees them, like, yell at p- cops, like, you stupid pigs. And he just goes, oh, no, like, to himself. <laughs> it's it's kind of like, oh, Cliff, what are you about to get into this time, man? It's it's so great. <laughs> ah, shit. All right, where are you? So, you said mid-90s. Yeah. Where are you at? I'm at a solid 95. <sighs> F you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I can live with the 95. <laughs> All right. All right. Next up, we got Leo. This was great. It was. There's so many layers to this performance. Yeah. I don't think this was like revenant le- level acting, but it was. Yeah, pretty good. It was. <laughs> it was really yeah. good. I'm not going to say it's his best performance ever. No, that's but Titanic. I think. <laughs> <laughs> not the beach. Uh, I think that it's. Um, I, I think that he does deserve a lot of recognition for the multiple layers that he has to bring to this character. Because, you know, it's Leonardo DiCaprio, who is an actor, playing an actor that is struggling. So he has to act poorly but not in a hammy way and there's also like points in the movie where like they do flashbacks back to where he's actually still in his heyday so then he has to be like okay i have to be a successful actor in this part of the movie now i need to be a bad actor in this part of the movie and there's there's like layers to that that's like if you think about it you get a headache so i feel like he deserves some a little bit more credit for that but i don't think that this is like his i don't think this is like peak leonardo dicaprio yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Well, I'm th- I'm not sure if this actually happened because I don't trust memes, but I remember <laughs> seeing this meme where it's Leo and Brad Pitt at this like award show. It might have been the Oscars, but when they were talking about getting cast in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and when they went to Quentin and asked, "Hey, like we're supposed to." be playing these actors that are just that that are out of their heyday and like how do you want us to to do this and quentin apparently told him like just be yourselves (laughs) oh shit (laughs) (laughs) damn that's amazing yeah like (laughs) if that's true (laughs) holy shit quentin tarantino's a boss (laughs) he has no filter whatsoever like have you seen his uh his interviews like any interview with really actually he is super enthusiastic yeah i love Mm -hmm. watching him talking about movies like he gets into shit that you're just like i don't know what you're saying dude but like yes (laughs) (laughs) yes yes he is fucking all over the place there's um there's a, a like horror history with eli roth uh there's like a podcast of that 
and he has Quinn Tarantino on there, and like Quinn Tarantino is talking over Eli Roth like the whole time. Like he just doesn't let him get a word in. He's like, no, 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 I'm not done talking about Frankenstein from 1934. Like, let me get to it. And you know, he's just, <laughs> and he just, it's so funny because you hear, you hear like the host try to like, like, uh, like he tries to like get a word, and he's like, no, 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 I'm not done. And it's, yeah, yeah, that's how he is. He is crazy, but yeah, it's very entertaining to listen to him talk. Yeah, it's it's cool because it, he's enthusiastic about the topic that he's discussing, plus he's super knowledgeable on it, too. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because there was a, a Wired thing that they did where they broke down a scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it goes – like, typically those, like, break down of scenes go for maybe 10, 15 minutes. His went on for, like, way longer than that. <laughs> And he did. He broke it down with Leo, and Leo didn't get a single word. In. I think I remember seeing right. something about that. Like he was just talking, and then Quentin would turn over. He's like, "Yeah," and he's just like, "Uh huh." And then he would just go off yeah. again. And like in, in these videos, they like have them drawing all over the screen. So he's like drawing all over, like he's fucking John Madden, and you know, he's just he's like, "Oh yeah, this is this guy over here, but he's doing this." And da, da, da. like it's just nuts. It's like he's on cocaine all the time. It's like, <laughs> I would love to work on one movie with him <laughs> it oh would be God. insane but apparently yeah. people like it like it i mean the results like you can't argue with them like yeah, all of can. his films are amazing yeah Truly. so i mean you can't argue with his results no you can't <laughs> not whatsoever yeah um so anyway getting back into leo's acting like we said not not his best performance but it's, i'd say top five i, I, I agree, agree that. yeah i can agree with that yeah mm-hmm. really really good um are we putting him on the same level as brad pitt though See, i was thinking like 93 94 like i don't know yeah, it's kind of hard that's what i was thinking as well yeah i think he's definitely above margo by like a decent chunk but i think he's a little bit below brad pitt there's a smidge and i think it's mostly because like brad pitt was also like so entertaining in this too like he didn't give a flat performance not that like leo did but you know comparing the two characters i don't know it's i'm agreeing with what you're saying is what i'm saying (laughs) yeah Yeah, so 93 i think i could live with that yeah all right, so that averages us out to a ninety-two point eight. Not bad. I, I think that works. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got character development. So I think we're going to do Leo's? Rick. Yeah, yeah, Rick Dalton. He, I think he's the only one really that gets character development yeah, in this movie. Uh, yeah, seriously. Though. Yeah, Rick Effendall. So he kind of starts off. As someone that's struggling with aging, struggling mm-hmm. with like how maybe the movie industry is moving and realizing that, that he's starting to not fit anymore. Yeah. At least for the stuff that he's used to or wants to do. And I think as time goes on, he starts to accept it because he does end up like he's basically says like the spaghetti westerns are stupid and then goes off into Italy and does them. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then he comes yep. back, and then it feels like he's a little bit more 
accepting of what's going on, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, I mean, he does have a really decent arc. Like, you see, like, the processes up to, mm-hmm. like, the decision of him leaving. I, yeah. I agree. And I, I loved not only watching his arc, but also watching him and uh, Cliff's arc as well. Of like like how, their like their relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a, of a weird relationship. It, it almost felt like brothers, but had like an employee kind of vibe to it yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, and it was also, but I think that was also kind of a thing of nobody would hire Cliff because of the allegations. So Rick just like kept him on his payroll for those reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Which is something that, I mean, I would do for a friend. Oh, I would too. Absolutely. Yeah. So. I would still feel weird about telling them to go on the roof to fix an antenna, but yeah. That would... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I but think, like, I'm I cool think with Rick you being my had chauffeur. a little something against it too, because he's just like, hey, uh, kind of like, if, if you could. <laughs> 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 like, it, whenever he was like telling Cliff to go do something, it, it felt awkward <laughs> just a tad yeah like just a, in just like a little way it was just like hey uh <laughs> could you <laughs> like i'm busy <laughs> or especially yeah. when he was going to the movie set he's like hey uh just meet me back here <laughs> like i'm go- I, i'm going to work in a movie, I need you to go fix my cable. <laughs> and, uh, like, yeah. But I loved how, like, even through that kind of weird relationship that they have, they still are really close, and their friendship is still super strong. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Rose, what do you think about character development? I I can't decide between if I'm like want to do like an eight, like I'm stuck between eighty five and a ninety. Hmm. So I'm good. Okay, I'm gonna go a solid eighty eight. Eighty eight. Yeah. Hmm. I think I was aiming maybe slightly lower, like kind of like the lower end of what you just said, like maybe eighty five. Okay. Um. Just because, like, it's not bad. Like, like, like the character development isn't bad. But the thing is, it's just for one character in a movie like this, where you have such. I mean, it's not like a huge cast, huge cast. But I feel like that we this had the potential to show arcs for a couple other people as well. I guess Rose made a good point about the relationship just between them having an arc, which I never thought about before. So that's actually a good point to make that can maybe bump it up a little bit. So, um, so I was kind of like thinking like. Like maybe like eighty five. I can be talked down to an eighty five, honestly. No, we think I'm about like an eighty five too, but yeah, like it was it was good. It wasn't like the greatest arc ever no. or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'll 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 do eighty five. I don't have a decent argument to like. Yeah. bring you down or up so maybe just me at the middle yeah like whatever the two-thirds middle is or like, <laughs> like 86 yes yeah, 86 and i think that like Something some like hard. points that uh 
help kind of keep it at like that 80 range and i mean that like help it keep it not from like going any lower is because it is like an arc that makes sense and it's an arc that is like a good message too it isn't something like silly you know it was like yeah this all made sense for everything so i feel like that kind of helps it not go any lower yeah all right moving on to effects so there wasn't really any very many special effects but i think there was a lot of practical yeah okay so when it comes to like set pieces i can't remember do we include that in costumes or effects that's more of a costumes thing okay. so effects is more like any action sequence um any practical or visual effects okay man i feel a Bruce Lee getting thrown into a car. That's that oh my was, gosh, that was that was brutal. the quintessential effect <laughs> mm-hmm. of this film. And also that hippie being lit on fire and running around. That was <laughs> yeah, dude. Man. That bitch would not die. <laughs> <laughs> like she Yellow got spirit. her ass whooped. And yeah, yeah. Her her face looked like, or one of them's faces looked like hamburger meat at, at the <laughs> end of it. Yeah, like. Oh. I tell she got the living shit beat out of her, and she was still screaming like a freaking. Okay, speaking of hyena, speaking of that. Okay, have you either of you seen Scream Four? No. Yes. Okay, I hope you remember this part when she would not die. I was thinking in my head, "Who are you, Michael Myers?" Oh, uh, that part yep. at the end. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was great. You need to see that movie, Caleb. But uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a scream head. But uh, you got to be careful saying that word around me. I might talk for an hour about that. I might go full QT on you and not not let you <laughs> just not shut up about scream. But <laughs> oh, I'll just crop it out, make it a bonus episode. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> then she just want to die. She just want to die, man. She just she's like Jake Voorhees, a Michael Myers. Like she just want to fucking die. And you know. She... Yeah. Um. So this was very, like, this movie was very action light for a Quentin Tarantino Mm -hmm. film. True. Which works. And, like, the little action that they did have looked really good. Oh, absolutely. Um, Does does it lose any points at all for when Tex starts to punch Brandy? And it's very obvious it's a puppet dog that he's punching. It does a little bit. Yeah, now thinking of that. Yeah, I noticed that too. Like, cause with this, so the first watch, I watched it on my phone, cause I was oh, watching my. That's baby. exactly what he wanted you to do. <laughs> Wait, Quentin? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what he was uh, planning on people and doing. Oh yeah, watch this on your phone. Oh. Okay. I'm, be- I'm being sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Thank I was. Yeah. I, oh, I thought you were being serious. I was like, oh, yeah, no, I, I watched it correctly. Like, yeah, no, I was could yeah. just I could have just made this with Quibi. Fuck, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. I just made a Quibi. Yeah, so I w- I was watching it on my phone while I was taking care of my baby, and then the second go around, I watched it on my TV. And yeah, good, I was gonna kick there your you ass. Go. Yeah. If you watched it and then time on your phone. Yeah, so the second time when I saw on the TV, I noticed the dog a lot more, <laughs> and I was just like, that doesn't look right. <laughs> That's a Muppet. Yeah. That's... <laughs> but the question is, is it as bad as American Sniper's baby doll? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no. Not nearly. <laughs> oh, shit. <sighs> Stunt work? I would I would put in the... 
the low 90s. There is. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say stunt work. There's, you know, the whole last, you know, piece of the movie. And then there's all of, like, the stunt driving that Cliff is doing. That's true. Yeah. So that stuff I would put in, like, the low 90s. The visual effects I'd put maybe a little lower. So maybe in the mid, like, the higher mid 80s. Okay. Because I'm counting the dollars. I'm good with that. <laughs> I'm good with that. So if I average that out, it's a I would say it's a I'm in the eighty eight range. I can give you that. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Alright. I thought that was gonna be a little harder to argue, but <laughs> <laughs> Alright, next up we got music. So this one's out of ten. Oh, so good. Ten. <sighs> I mean the 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 soundtrack is amazing. It is. I yeah, I honestly can agree a ten too. All right, I'm down. Sweet. <laughs> like, go on Spotify, listen to the soundtrack. It's amazing, and like they even kept in all of, like the radio ads in with it. It's so much oh, fun that's to listen fantastic. to. So much fun to listen to. All right, next up we got costumes. So once again, this is out of ten. These were. There's a reason why it won at the Oscars for the uh, set design because you said we mm-hmm. can count like sets with costumes, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, there is a reason why it won for that at the Oscars. Quentin Tarantino nailed this time period to a T. Yes, yeah. like especially like how this movie opens up with Sharon Tate and um, her husband, I forget, uh, Roman Polanski, when like they land in the airport. They're just walking through the airport, just like all the extras are walking by, just scream like 60s, 70s. Um, yeah. So I mean, I might, I might give this a ten as well. I'm not. I mean, I, I don't have any points against it. That's why. Yeah, I think something Quentin does really well is nailing the the perspective, like the texture. Not, not the perspective. The he gets the scale of it, like mm. he, he, like when Cliff is driving through. Hollywood or driving through I want to say LA but I don't know California that well <laughs> it's LA okay yeah. yeah so while he's driving through that it you feel that that time period mm-hmm. like so mm-hmm. just hardcore and I feel like other movies that try to get you into that time period their sets are very small and restricted mm-hmm. but he was able to like make the set feel like the whole city instead of just like these this little street like he was panning over the city and it felt still like the 50s and i love that absolutely yeah yeah he really has that texture down i keep saying 50s this was 69 wasn't it 69 (laughs) still yeah Yeah. i mean yeah i I knew what you meant caleb yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i mean that looked really good Honestly, I feel like Margot Robbie had the best costumes. Oh, hell yeah. Those I agree. Boots. Those go-go boots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. But uh, while we're talking about costumes, I just want to say that while they're at the Playboy Mansion and we see Roman Polanski, he is dressed just like Austin Powers. I mean, <laughs> he looked just like him. <laughs> oh, shit, he was. Yeah. Dude, straight up. <laughs> Like, that is no joke. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was... 
I was kind of like happy. Well, not really happy. Appreciative that they didn't take like a completely raunchy turn when they went to the Playboy Mansion. I was too. Yeah. Like I feel I, like they could have just overdone. But they Playboy. They tried to keep it classy in a way. Yeah. <laughs> like they were still like. At least best they could. I think that uh, if I'm remembering right, I think there was background like nudity, but it wasn't like in your face. Uh, yeah. Was there even any nudity? If there was, I missed it. But I, I'll what take your this? word for it. Is this rated R for nudity? It is. Oh, did oh, 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 is it rated R for nudity? I don't know that for, for a fact. For nudity? Yeah. Yeah. I don't... It... I don't think... Like, I'm not remembering any. I'm just saying if there was, it was in the background. And it wasn't, like, in our face. Okay. But yeah, I... I, I don't think there was. See if there's anything. Let's see your parent guide. Yeah. <laughs> Sharon is sleeping in bed naked but covered with a white sheet. Only her bare back and legs are shown. Okay, that doesn't yeah. count. She's just cock while driving. Several scenes of girls in short shorts. Several scenes with revealing skimpy outfits. Hippie girls wear revealing blouses with. Oh. Hippie girls wear revealing blouses with no bra, but I don't think you really even saw anything with that. Okay, so it's basically the same level as Friends. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> For real, though. <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. If they wanted to, they could have been kind of skeezy here, but they, you know, weren't. Yeah, and I really appreciated that, especially with, ha- like, the the tone that Quentin was going with Sharon Tate's story. Yeah. Like, he, he could have taken it a different direction, and he chose not to, and I appreciated that. Yeah, because yeah. then, like, the whole movie, you're, like, associating her character with the Playboy Mansion, which can like kind of lead to like other things, and honestly, you kind of forget that they even go to the Playboy Mansion at the beginning of this movie. It's yeah, true. yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So, honestly, I don't have any arguments with like the costumes. Like all the costumes look great. Like everyone looked great. Yeah, I, I don't have any points against it. I don't either. So ten. Yeah. yeah. All right, now personal grade. So we'll let you start off. Oh, jeez. With uh, personal grade. Um, and this is out of a hundred, <laughs> correct? I just want to make sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm going to be kind of I might be a little over generous, maybe I don't know. Well, I'll see what you, what you guys think. But I mean, this movie is a lot of fun. I find it incredibly rewatchable. This is this is a drinking movie. This is like a sit down have a whiskey sour or like a six pack and like you're just drinking, laughing, having a good time. And that like adds a lot of points for me. And I like the message of this movie and it's entertaining, even though some people might think it's boring. If you think it's boring, I think you're kind of missing the point, but I'm going to say, fuck it. I'm going to give it a 96. Like I'm going to give it like a high, high score for that. Nice. All right, Rose. Uh, Yeah. You know, honestly, I've never, thought about like a movie being like a drinking movie like drinking like a six pack or something like that especially like a tarantino movie but yeah i completely agree with you (laughs) yeah out of the two you've seen (laughs) (laughs) which two were that (laughs) such a smart ass kid (laughs) oh all right anyway getting back to my score (laughs) uh 
three main ca- uh, leads were fantastic. Brad Pitt stole the mo- this movie for me. Um, love the story. I loved the change of the historical accuracy. I love the Tarantino rewrote history with the ending of this film. Um, I'm going to go 93. Not bad. I'm actually going to go a little bit lower. Just because I'm... Mostly for my first viewing. My second viewing, I would definitely be with you in the 93 range. Okay. But it's just the first viewing I can't get over. So it, it brings it down for me. Okay. But how down? It, it's just not, not a whole lot. I'm like more in the 90 range. Okay. That's fair. So, yeah. yeah. And it's just because I would prefer for a movie to not have to be explained after the fact. Like, I don't want to have okay. more questions leaving than going in. That's fair. Okay, I can... I, can I mean, that. and there's, like, at some point, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's just... <sighs> is it kind of, like, falling into, like, personal taste? Or is it kind of like you're feeling like, like, stuff could have just been elaborated a little bit better? More like, yeah, more like that. Like, just maybe something at the end just kind of explaining... Okay. what the goal was because <laughs> yeah. like a lot of my top five movies have very ambiguous endings like you don't know one way or another how it ends yeah. but so that's but that's the only question they leave you with like with this i was it was more like okay what were they going mm-hmm. for like i understood the story of aging i understood like all this other stuff it was just i knowing the history it was just what was the what were you going for right yeah. yeah it's not so much of a um like like a goal driven plot really um uh, besides like rick trying to i don't know revitalize his career but that's like it's not exactly driving the narrative so to speak yeah yeah definitely so that's where why it brings it down a little bit for me a little bit more just because of those questions I had instead okay. of it being like, like with inception, like it's inception's not particularly one of my top five, but it's just like, Oh, is he still in a dream? Is he still not? And then that's something you could discuss this. It, it ended and you knew how everything ended. And it's just, you're just like, okay, but why <laughs> did you end it that way? <laughs> yeah. All right. I get what you're saying. And I think so, I want to like yeah. take a quick stab at that, if I may, um, but like, like how and why and everything with, you know, as we see Rick going up the driveway to meet Sharon Tate in Roman Polanski, and now maybe he could be in a Roman Polanski movie. Uh, it's kind of like, oh, you know, his fantasy is coming true a little bit. You know, his career might kick off again. And then Sharon Tate's still alive. And then it just ends with, you know, once upon a time in hollywood kind of reminding you this is just a fairy tale this is just a fantasy this was rick's fantasy this was sharon tate's fantasy that she didn't she's not a victim he had a really successful second win, a uh, second like half of his career it's kind of just like you know what if sort of thing which still doesn't kind of answer fully like the why and the purpose of all this but it's kind of just like we're seeing these people's fantasies play out that's a, that's a good way to look at it yeah 
Yeah, that definitely makes the title make a little bit more sense. Yeah, it does, actually. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, whatever. But you're like, but you still had to explain that to me. So, yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, averaging out all of our scores averages out to a 93%. I'm cool with that. Which, that brings our final all bros and film on the rocks score for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to... An A minus. Not bad. I like it. Not bad at all. I'm good with that. Yes. So it is sitting at a 91.1%. So that actually puts it one point below. So these are all A minus movies that I'm about to list off in our rating system. It's one point below Pulp Fiction. Um, Mm. It's one point below Into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Uh, one point below Infinity War. Okay. Ooh, it's like point three <laughs> <laughs> percent lower, or yeah, percent lower than Coco. Shit, damn. So this is like, yeah, same freaking level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it is higher than Little Women. Okay. It's higher than 1917. Ooh, I bet that's going to piss some people off. But I'm <laughs> yeah, probably. I, I'm honestly okay with that. <laughs> um, it is lower than A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Really? Okay. Yeah, it is lower than The Joker. Okay. Hmm. It's lower than The Room. Um, it is higher than us. Okay. Hmm. It is point one percent higher than How to Train Your Dragon: The Hidden World. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, it is. It's on the same level as Logan. And it's a little bit lower than War of the Planet of the Apes. Okay. All right. Yeah, and those are all of our A minus movies. <laughs> nice. It's it's with a good batch. Yeah, it's in with a really good it group really, of yeah, really of is. movies. So, yeah, love this movie. So good. Um. So yeah. Um. So you want to tell us where we can find all of your stuff? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, thank you, guys. Thank you, uh, Caleb and Rose, again for having me. And Rose, which two? Quinn Tarantino movies have you seen again? I kind of already forgot. Uh, but uh, th- thank you guys for having me on. This, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm Brucker from Film on the Rocks, and you can find us on Apple, Spotify, Pocket Cast, pretty much anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And if you want to find us on Twitter, you can at Film on the Rocks. Hell yeah. I am a weekly listener. I actually so listen to the faculty uh-huh. and i haven't seen the faculty <gasps> oh well now, now you got your drinking rolls for it and that is that movie is so much fun yeah i it sounded like it like it sold me like once you said it was like a, a kind of like a body snatcher murder breakfast club i'm like i'm in yep exactly <laughs> yeah it's so much i don't know if you're like familiar with like kevin williamson scripts but yeah it's one of his scripts and it's just 
it's just it's just a crazy fun movie especially to like watch it like with like some like retrospective of like the 90s and everything it's 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 just a lot of fun yeah i'm so excited to watch that (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like love like your show is just great love the drinking rules oh and like it makes me think about like different parts of like movies that i typically forget (laughs) (laughs) which is great uh so yeah definitely go and check them out thank you so much for the kind words and i love i love your guys show too because you know it's a completely different like format from ours so you know like it's like i'm getting a new perspective on the movies as well and i like how y'all actually break up the movies into these different ranking categories as y'all kind of like could listen to i was a little rusty on that because we don't really do that but it's fun to to do that um and my rankings don't really make sense at all but uh i, I love listening to y'all <laughs> break them down that way <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely thank you uh so if you like this episode want to check out more of our stuff you can follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts we can be found pretty much anywhere can catch all of our episodes on youtube as well as some videos that we keep talking about making (laughs) (laughs) you can also follow us on social media if you want to hit us up with episode ideas answer our question of the week or if you want to join us like we would love to have anyone on Uh, but we are on facebook facebook.com slash the all bros twitter and instagram our handle is at the all bros you can email us at channel at gmail.com, as well as check out our website, which is tinyurl.com slash theallbros, where you can find links to the podcast to listen to, our YouTube, um, find links to our store, which is on TeePublic. I have no freaking clue what I'm going to do for this episode, Art. <laughs> we'll have to put our heads together. Yeah. Um, but we'll come up with something cool. Hopefully, it'll make a, a decent t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, once again, thank you, Brucker, for joining us yes, this thank week. You so we much. appreciated the hell out of it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for dealing with me. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> and I love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's a good one. If you have not seen it, sorry, watch it twice. It all, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. There we go. <laughs> go see it. Go see it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Go into it thinking about aging and Sharon Tate's story, and then you'll be able to appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So next week, you can look forward to us breaking down the hunt. Ooh, I haven't yeah, seen so, that. Oh, so good! It's really good. <laughs> definitely recommend it. Ooh, okay. I've heard that from a couple of people, so I might have to put that on my list. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, look forward to that next week. Until then, this has been the All Bros Podcast. I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we'll catch you guys next week. Deuces. <laughs> so long. What the shit was I that? I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Be better. <laughs> yes, sir. Don't cry from the Mexicans. Bye. <laughs> uh All right, then we can stop recording right now.